Chapter 2 Struan House was the largest residential building on the map, and the first any visitor saw upon entering the village. It was set back from the main road, at the end of a long gravel path that snaked through acres of topiary and cultivated woodland. Calvin Struan opened the door of Struan House and gaped at the heavy flakes of falling snow. A fat child, forced into expensive clothes, to the detriment of his appearance, Calvin was loud of voice and small of mind, like his father, the laird, landowner and beneficiary of dubious rights of inheritance. Unlike his father, Calvin attended the village school. This break with tradition was in order to assuage the separation anxiety suffered by his clingy mother, who refused to countenance the idea of her boy being dispatched to boarding school regardless of reputation or expense. Her mollycoddling was merciless. He strove to be a copy of his father, who appeared to Calvin to be in need of no one and nothing. Already tweed-clad and brown-brogued, Calvin had assumed the portly bluster of minor gentry with little shame. On the morning it happened, Calvin was first out of the house, waiting in the front seat of the estate Range Rover to be driven to school. He patted his pockets for the umpteenth time. One held chocolate, the other his lunch money, and a similar amount he had taken from his mother's purse, for Dog Evans, just in case. Calvin had turned the engine on, and the cab was warm by the time his father appeared, his gloved hand clutching a sheaf of brown envelopes. Calvin had read the addresses and knew them to be letters advising of rent-rises. He was keen to get to school. He wanted to inform his classmates of the imminent rent increases before their parents received official notification. He relished the power to affect their day. It would be all pleasure and no responsibility. Like his father, he was impervious to approach with regards to repair or injustice, as if the no-entry signs about the run-down grandeur of Struan House applied to their persons also. Passing the gatehouse at the pillared entrance to their property, Calvin noticed the lights were on and the front path was clear of snow. Smoke rose from both chimneys. He knew that John Rafik would have done this willingly for his mother without being asked. But that was Johnny, and his mother. Calvin would have liked to do things for Johnny's mother. Turning onto the main road, Calvin's father stopped the Range Rover at the corner post box. He pushed the manila envelopes into Calvin's hand and pointed at the box. That's a good chap. Calvin stepped out of the heated car onto the dirty mound of road-cleared snow. The extra height it afforded him meant he didn't need to stretch to reach the slot. He pushed the letters in as a bundle. Climbing back into the car, he heard the squeals of laughter coming from the next house along, the Vore's house. He closed the door against them. They were throwing snowballs, and their father was joining in the fun, a mini blizzard of swishing arms and white powder as he chased them in circuits around their small rented garden. At the sound of Mr. Struan revving away from the curbside, Maggie Vore looked up and with a squawk of mock panic gathered her two siblings and her father to stand alongside her, forming a human shield. Clearly visible under the streetlight, yesterday's short, fat snowman had been joined by another, half the height, but just as fat. The Vores tried not to giggle as they limed up in front of them, elbowing each other as the Struans passed by. Robbie and Cameron surprised Maggie by daring to wave. Calvin could see the two snowmen they were trying to conceal. He had no doubt whom they represented. His father snorted, dismissing their childish insult.
Postman will soon wipe the smiles from their face, don't you think? Calvin turned to sneer at Maggie as he pictured the brown envelope arriving with the white of early Christmas cards. He felt better when he saw the joy slip from her face. Calvin's father winked at his son. Red-eyed with grief and lairdly anger, Rory Stern had been the first parent to voice it. Why did it have to be him? Dog Evans remembered these words, hurled hard as stones. They were his introduction to the full and empty truth.